0: Parkinson. It's Halloween. It's fright night here on the Devil in the Detail, and to join us uh, to talk all things over Red Devils, we've got Paul Whiteside, right? Paul.
1: Hi Rob, you all right, mate? How's your Halloween uh, going on? Yeah, we had, we had enough fright nights last season, didn't we? So <laughs> we don't come to do without a few more now. But uh, yeah, we're doing. I'm doing all right, mate. Thank you. I'm looking forward to the new season, and uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to the Four Nations as well in a couple of weeks. Well, this week, innit, it starts this week, so I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, part of the Halloween ritual, we've got Dan Robinson uh, walking home. They're doing a bit of trick or treating on the way, Danny. Eh? Uh, I'm
2: too good for that, mate. I scared them all just walking past the windows. <laughs> never mind knocking on door. How <laughs> oh, are we, boys? Are we okay?
0: Yeah, good, good. Good, good. Off season, uh, you know, it's uh, time for relaxation, I think. Obviously, the, the stresses of watching Soul Fred Devils, it's good, Paul, in it, that, you know, we get a couple of months of, of rest in it.
1: Yeah, I suppose so. You never do, though, with, like, Mao and Kukash being there and all the hype of it, do you? I mean, we'll probably talk about it shortly, about the question and answers and all that. So, there's still a bit there, isn't there? Too? to get our heads round, but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying a bit of uh, time off, I think my wife's going to be enjoying it anyway, because I'm not waffling about Salford all the time, so uh, so yeah, glad to have a bit of relaxing time, mate. Cool, so what, what have we got on there, Paul, what have we got on the show? We've got the news from uh, Marwan's question and answer uh, session the other night, and we've also got a preview of uh, the Four Nations, which starts on Friday. Cool, so what we'll do, uh,
0: we'll start with Marwan's meeting, and uh, see what he has to say. So Marwan Kukosh held a meeting at the fans bar on Monday night, uh, Paul. You know what I, I thought he was he was good, you know, he was quite professional. Um, you know, he didn't he was quite controlled, I thought, and, you know, he made up made some good points, didn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, from what I've heard, yeah, I couldn't make it myself on um, on Monday night. But uh, yeah, I've heard I've heard it. And from what you have told me, Rob it sounds quite positive. I was pretty nervous yesterday, thinking about it, thinking, what's he gonna announce now? But as long as he, from what I've heard it all sounds good stuff and you know, positive stuff. I think that's the main point. I think is, is the positive news. I think positive news is what supporters want to hear, don't they? Especially after the, the you know, the million pound game and um, you know that bit of momentum that we've built there. So, uh, so yeah, let, let's just hope that some of these things now are followed up and um, we can take it into the new season.
0: Yeah, but a few things obviously circling around, uh, you know, the fans and the club um, earlier on in the week with rumours. down. it was good that Marwan decided he'd have a hold a meeting with. With the fans to clear the air and let everyone know what the situation was.
2: Yeah, it was, and you know, I'm a bit like Paul. I was, you know, I was a bit worried about what was going to be said, and you know, you never know with Marwan, do you, what, what's happening. But you know, he, he ironed a few things out. You know, a lot of people were frustrated, you know, as am I, about the uh, you know the dispersal of the uh, the under 19s and academy team. You know, I think that was you know a massive error from from the club, but he's you know he's looked at it to and he's given us uh, you know reasons why. That's happened, and you know we're looking at maybe opening a, a wider scope for the academy with local, you know, uh, teams, you know, like Lee and people like that. So you know, it's it, it's it's a change. You know, if if we can't afford to do it, we can't afford to do it. You know, he, he has stated that he's not going to bankroll, you know, something uh, all the time. You know, it needs to help. And I mean, even uh, Michael Carter, the Wakefield chairman, you know, sort of uh, spoke up on my behalf and said, you know, the amount of money that. That it takes to run uh, an academy team, um, you know, and we, we've got no help at all from the RFL, which doesn't surprise me to be fair. Um, but yeah, you know, he ironed a lot of things out. A lot of fans asked a lot of questions, you know, he answered them um, quite positively um, from all accounts. And yeah, you know, it seems that this is going to be a regular thing that we're going to want to do. So if we can keep this regular thing going. And we have a meeting with the owner, and we have a meeting with the CEO, and find out what's got going on in the club, what's happening. Then it's all
0: positive. Yeah, basically in a nutshell, um, the RFL uh, obviously took the funding away, uh, so basically Marwan and then sort of funded the whole academy uh, for last season, um, and then obviously the RFL then decided that they wouldn't review sort of the pro- Salfords, uh, you know, positioning in you know the result they got the previous year until 2020. So Mao and decided obviously in that situation he couldn't carry. Uh, the academy uh, for that period of time, which is which is fair enough. Obviously, Marlon Kucash, you know, he he, is, he has a lot of money, but you call it, you know, you can't expect him to to you know shoulder that kind of burden for so many years, especially when he's you know investing so heavily in the club, like.
1: Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, but just going back to what the the RFL, I think it's a bit strange that really. I mean. You know, you're all playing in the same competition. I think you should all be, you know, be funded the, the right amount of money. I think there's a lot of things, isn't there, with the RFL? And we spoke about it last season, didn't we? There's a lot of things we don't agree with. And uh, yeah, but so you've got to respect his decision. It's his money at the end of the day, and you can't force him to, to put his money into that. But I was a bit disappointed. But listening to what, what's gone on in this, um, you know, the ideas. To, to to do like a, a general one or like a big sort of local academy with, with all the teams because a lot of teams in the greater Manchester area really, you've got Oldham Rochdale Hornets uh, Lee as well and Swinton so there's a lot of teams there isn't there? so you know that that could be good so uh, so yeah let's be positive about it I don't think it's Something to be too negative about. I was a bit annoyed at the start. More, more to, to be honest, for, for the poor lads in the under 19s who were without a club and their parents and that group put a lot of time in, and that's that's what I was a bit upset about really. So hopefully all those lads will get fixed up with clubs because what you don't want is people being, you know, with a bit of talent being being lost to the sport. So um, that is one thing that concerns me. So I hope all those lads get fixed up with a club for next season. But regarding where we are, um, we, we, yeah, I am a bit more positive now. I've heard that, and let's just hope that. The, that, uh, that something good comes out of it.
0: Yeah, he, he did obviously state that they plan to run a under 16 and kind of two under teams, under 18 uh, teams. Kind of, I think, sounded like it was kind of a, through a through the college, and then possibly having a, having a re- reserve team uh, as well. Dan, you know, I, I suppose it's all about having that ability to go through the youth, you know, system, um, going from the 16s to the 18s to the reserves and then to the first team. At least you got a passage, not you, for him you know, from, from the, obviously the reserves and, and youth to their first team. And it's still there, it's still intact. And, you know, it gives the youngsters, uh, you know, a dream that one day they could play for Salford Devils.
2: Yeah, it is. And, you know, I know that was a dream of mine when I was a kid, you know, playing at, um, you know, the uh, Salford Juniors at the time and then Eccles and Langworthy Reds and, you know, all the local teams. And, you know, you, your dream growing up as a kid was to play for your local side, which was Salford. You know, as I'm sure any of the local teams, like, even Wigan St. Pats, Wigan St. Jude's, their ambition is to play for Wigan one day. And, you know, I mentioned it to Paul um, a few weeks ago, you know, about the academy. And I said, you only have to look last season at, at the players that we had in, you know, the squad that played for us. You know, you've got Niall Evalds brought through the ranks, Ryan Lannon brought through the ranks, you know, Jake Bibbe uh, brought through the ranks, you know, Wood, Wilkinson, you know, you know, the list goes on and on. You know, the, the Warm Brothers, they were both brought through the ranks at the club. So, you know, it, it just shows that, you know, in order to have a, a good academy side and a good setup, to bring these players through and to give them first-team experience. And, you know, those players, I mean, you look at Evalds. Without him in that million-pound game, you know, we, we wouldn't have got where we were. You know, he got us in a try late on and, you know, he's, he's come right through the club. And, you know, if, if there's anybody that knows everything about Salford from, you know, right from under-12s, right all the way through up, it's him. And, you know, you people aspire to be like those players. You know, they can say, well, if they can do it, then I can do it. And if you've not got that thing in place when you're just sort of signing players from from other academies or other teams, and it, it sort of gives you a bit of a kick in the teeth, and I know it did when I was young. Like I said, you know, when you see all these other players from other sides getting signed up and whatnot, and, and you weren't, so yeah, if you know, if there's something positive to come out of it, you'd rather take a positive than a negative, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, I agree with that, Dan. Obviously, you know, you've got to think about you know where the direction of the club's going. And Paul, you know, he did mention uh, there is kind of a, a plan. Have a kind of super academy uh, with with Lee, Alden, uh, Rochdale, and Twinton possibly, uh, where we kind of share a, a pool of players. And you know, for me, it sounds like a good idea. Obviously, it, it, the costs of running the academy is, is kind of half, or even cut into, you know, three. Um, and then obviously, you know, you've got the ability to pick the best, uh, and, and everyone else who obviously can't reach that Super League level still have the opportunity to 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 play for other teams at different divisions.
1: Yeah. The only thing with that one is, um, say you do une- 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 unearth another nil levels, who gets the Nile levels? And does Lee get him, or do we get him, or does Swinton get him? I, I, I don't know how how that'd work. You know, say you do. like you do, a
2: bidding war, wouldn't it? Yeah.
1: Say you do uncover a gem, who, who gets the gem then, or is it up to the gem where he wants to go? Yeah. The, the, another thing with it with the academy and that as well, it, it, I don't know with we, losing that. I think you lose a lot of goodwill as well, don't you? And you know, to, to families and people who you know. They've spent a lot of time, like I said before, you know, the under nineteens, their parents and that I mean, if we are to bring it back in a few years, are people want to gonna come to Solford after that, I don't know. I hope so. Anyway, I hope it's not it's not um, got rid of all that work, you know, look at all the work that Alan Hunt's done over the last Last few years, John Blackburn people, you know, spent years building all that. So I hope it's not all lost, and I hope we can we can regather it because I don't think it's something we can just fix overnight. I think it's going to take take a while to build it back up again. But if we can just keep some sort of ties with this regional academy, at least it's not lost completely. Because the way it was sounding last week, it was like the under 19s has gone bang. That's it. There's, there's nothing now. We're just going to be signing players, and and that's so all. At least we we're keeping the under 16s, and we're still going to have some sort of Youth in there because I think it's very, very important. I think it's a lot more important than what what people suggest sometimes.
0: Yeah, I suppose you know having your local, you know, clubs and local kids, Dan, like you said, you know, wanting to play for Salford it gives them that that passage. And and I, you know, I was worried when when I first read that the academy on but you know, when Marwan explained the situation and the plans they had in place, you know, for me it sounds like a decent plan. I think you know it could work.
2: Yeah, it will, and you know, maybe you can look at it. You know, rather than just you know going down the ranks of. You know, we'll have a super academy with Oldham, Lee, uh, Swinton, Roxdale, so on and so forth. Maybe you know, involve the local teams. You know, have sort of like in, um, you know, a regional, uh, you know, like a town team because I know when I was growing up, you, you got picked to play for Salford. You know, town team and represent Salford, and you know whether it was players from Langworthy, the Echoes, you got picked uh, and you sort of spent a few weeks training as like a development team, and then you went on to represent Salford in town team, and I, you know I did that for a number of years, and that seemed to work. You know, you still played at your local amateur side, but you had the option of playing wearing a Salford shirt, playing for Salford Town team, and representing against Wiggy and against Hull. You know, and we really enjoyed it. And maybe that's another route to go down.
1: It's a great idea, team. that mate. That's you a know, brilliant idea. That I'm, I'm, all, academy, I'm all for that.
2: You know, do a do a town team where you know the best players from the from you know all all the local sides get together as a development squad. They start you know preparing things. Yeah, I mean, I think when we did it, we we had about six or seven games. And we went to play Whitehaven. we went to play Oldham, we went to play um, Swinton, you know, we played all the, the local teams. We even went up to Hull, you know, we, we played a, a Hull development team and, you know, it was experience of we all got on a coach, we all travelled down, we all went down there, we all did everything together and, it, you know, it was really good like that.
0: Yeah, and obviously, like you say, we don't really know how the nuts and bolts are going to work, but I'm sure that's something that the, the club will be looking at, Paul. And, you know, we've... I suppose they're looking for ideas, aren't they? And you know how to improve it. And you know, with Marlon's there now with his with his pen and paper, you think he'd be marking that one down, maybe.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a cracking idea that from Dan. I think. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, you look at all the sides we've got locally. There, I mean, no disrespect to them. We we we. Some of them might not be like in the, the top sort of conference league. You know, like sort of the national conference league. But we've got a lot of sides in the in the northwest men's league, things like that. So they're not quite at the top level of amateur sides, but you know they could be. And if they all work together. Um, I think that that that's great because we have got a lot of sides there, are You know, doing the amateur report every week, I I sort of see them all on there. You know, you got Langweather, you got Folly Lane, you've got them all there, have not you? And you know, you get all them involved with the club and get them coming to the first team games and that. And why not? Um, some weeks have have those sides playing curtain raisers for, for the Salford first team. How good would that be to get them playing at the AJ Bell Stadium? You know, experience for them, and what that does as well. To me, it grows that sort of love for Salford. I mean you, you go to like grounds like Leeds and that they all seem to love Leeds, don't they? they all them I and it grows that affinity to, to that side, that love for that team. So I think you, you know, you build that in the city. People know about the, the rugby league side then, don't they? And they want to be part of it. And I think I think to be part of Salford R L F C is a big thing and that's that, that to me is what we've got to grow, that, that love in the city for the club.
0: Yeah, talking about being part of Salford R L F C um Marwan uh, informed us that Adrian Morley hadn't been uh, sacked. Um, obviously, a lot of rumour on Twitter damn that, that he'd been let go. But um, Marwan said said that they haven't released him uh, and they were looking to sort of negotiate a, a different role for him in the club, and which, which is good news because obviously Adrian yeah, a you know big character in, in you know the city of Salford and you know these kids growing up look look up to him and if he's you know has a role in the club you know to show them you know if if you can perform at the highest level you can get there uh, and having him in the club is only going to benefit you know everybody in it really.
2: Yeah, it is, and you know, it's it's great to find out that Moz is staying on board. You know, I I didn't believe the rumors at first that were going about because I thought, you know, you know, well, if if that's right, you know, it's a it's a bit bad, but you know, speaking from experience, it can happen that way. You know, you know, it happened to myself at the club where you know I got a, a sort of a message saying thanks for your your 21 year service, but you're no longer required. The type of message. So you know, in the back of my mind, it was well, you know, I, that has happened in the past. So it was, you know, a bit unrenowned. But, yeah, it's great that, that Moz is staying on. And, you know, maybe with the exit of, you know, Tim Sheens and, you know, even it's something uh, been mentioned about Gareth Carvel going to Hull KR as well, how true that is, you know, I don't know. But maybe it's, you know, looking at Moz to maybe become part more of the coaching setup, you know, and he he would be a really good person to, to nurture these young kids as well coming through because he could say, you know, you could end up like me one day. You know, I'm, I'm a Salford lad. I've played for Leeds. I've played for Sydney. I've played for Great Britain. I've played for England. I've played for Salford. You know, and you can you can get there if you believe in it. And you know, having someone at that stature at the club, you know, it's fantastic for everything, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and obviously talking about recruitment, Dan. um, Marwan said that basically Watson's in charge of recruitment. He doesn't have a have a say. He doesn't have a role in it, Uh, which is good, Paul. You know, obviously, you know, Ian Watson, the head coach, uh, he picks his players. um, He's brought Tazzy in. He's brought Brinning in. You know, it's good to see he's bringing in players, you know, to improve the squad.
1: Yeah, definitely, he's brought he's brought Murray and young Murray from uh, from Warrington as well. Who, um, from what I've what I've read about and the highlights I've seen of him, looks a really good uh, good young kid. He's done well in their academy, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him him in the first team next season. Hopefully, and same with uh, Chris Brinning as well. He looks a very exciting young prospect. He's scored a lot of tries for for York. I know it's not Super League, but from what I've read about him, he's an excellent defender as well, and I think he, he'll do well for us next season. Uh, we all know about Lama Tazi, don't we? Um, I think he's a guy who's got to improve a bit from the last time he was at Salford. I think he's got. We've got to get a bit more game time out of him. But he's a promising signing. He? He's not. He's not dead old either, is he? And uh, I think. He, I think he'll be another one that we're going to do well with. But I know there's perhaps going to be a couple more signings as well. And uh, you know, Ian Watson will, will have targeted the guys he wants, won't he? And uh, I think the main thing for me is that we sort of look like we're going to be keeping the majority, the core of the squad that we had last season. I mean, if you, you spoke to me a few weeks ago before the Million Pound game, I didn't really know who was staying because like Dan was saying before, that you know these rumours you get on Twitter, I don't really go on Twitter, but there is a lot of rumours, isn't there, that you see and people are going here, there and everywhere. So by the looks of things now, you know, Junior Sow isn't leaving us, he's, he's staying there. Niall Evels isn't leaving us, he's staying there, which is a good thing because we've got the hard core of a, a really good side there. So, uh, So I'm glad because... If you do start a season with you know ten or twelve new signs, it can take sort of six or seven games for them to, to gel together. So, you know those lads will have been together, you know, for a good twelve months, another pre-season together, and you could you could see the benefits of that at the start of the season, hopefully.
0: Yeah, he even teased us Dan, about you know potential signs. Lou said he's looking for a forward and another one as well uh, to come in, so two possible uh, new people to come into the squad. And you know, it's all about I think it's all about improving the squad and, and building on what you have. And you know we've got a good squad now, even without the you know the penalty, the six-point penalty would have made the top eight. So any improvement on that would be would be brilliant, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, it would be. You know, as long as you know we improve on what we did last year, that's you know that's all we can ask for, isn't it? You know, I think the signings that we are you know making, I think they're like bringing, as you know as Paul mentioned, I've seen his highlights. You know, and he's coming with um, you know, a good sort of knowledge about him from the club. You know, we've been in for him for quite a while. You know, we thought we were going to get him towards the back end of last season, and we ended up signing, you know, Sean Kenny from from Warrington, and yeah, you know, um, I think the players are, that are you know rumored to be coming in will only improve the side. Uh, you know, as long as the side that that showing us what they could do last season step up and and do what they can, that would be the you know the main thing for
0: us. Yeah, and then obviously at that point, uh, Marwan started a big loving. Then he, he declared his his newfound love uh, for the RFL. Paul, uh, he, he stated obviously that he's turned over a new leaf now and. You know, he's not looking for any kind of dramas and he wants to move forward. And that's that's a great bit of news for us fans. But obviously, you know, we don't want him to get sucked into a, a war with the RFL, a wall which, you know, he might not win.
1: Definitely, mate. That That's probably one of the, the most annoying things for me. I mean, you've got that there. And it, I mean, you're doing your best as a supporter going every week. And then you've got all that in the background. And to me, we don't need any of that now. Let's just focus on on the on the field on the field matters really because you know like last season we had not have had that deduction but we done really well would not we and, and finished in that top eight so uh, there's no reason why that side there and and, and like I was saying about the, the signings that we we're making brilliant and and the young Murray there the good hungry players aren't they they're coming in with the point to prove they're not blokes at the end of their career who are coming for a wage packet the lads who are wanting to work and learn the game and I think they're exciting signings and yeah if he can keep himself off Twitter and just let Ian Watson do his job. Um, I think I think we'll be all right next season.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Danny wanted the RFL to admit to a few errors they've made regarding uh, our non-federation spot going missing at one point during the season and the academy uh, rating and all that. But you know, as the governing body, I, d- I don't think they can show any weakness, can't they and even if they are, you know, in the wrong. Um, so you know, it's, it's it's a tough call. I think I don't think he'd get an apology, but you know, at least he's now he's, he's he's cut a line in the sand and it's you know it's all about moving forward isn't it.
2: Yeah, he's he's never going to get an apology because then you know the RFL will look like idiots and what well, they've you know they fought it and fought it and they've won it and won it, but then they apologized for doing what they you know they shouldn't have done in the first place. Look, for me, it's happened. Marwan tried to challenge it. The challenge got knocked back. Move on. Simple. We can't sort of dwell on what's happened in the past. We need to look forward with the future. They are the governing body of our sport. Like it or lump it. That's that's you know it's that's how we've got to look at it. And I know it might sound a bit harsh, that, but. Marwan's got to start realising now that, you know, he's, he's not won the battle and he's not going to win the war.
0: Yeah, and obviously, you know, the, the loving continued this time with the stadium as well. He says that he's got a better working relationship with the stadium now. Um, he can't wait for the new bridge to be to be built uh, to get better access, Paul, to the stadium. And You know, we, we have to agree there, you know, more access points to the stadium is only going to benefit our crowd, isn't it?
1: Of course it is, yeah. The way I look at it in the stadium is you've got to make it work for yourselves, haven't you? Put yourselves in this position. You you could be like an Oldham, very, very proud rugby league club, Oldham. They've not got their own ground. They've moved here, there and everywhere, haven't they? They've lost a lot of support. Rugby league town as well used to get really big crowds there. You know, similar sort of crowds to us in the 80s and the 90s. Um, they haven't got the ground now. They're like gyppos, aren't they? You know, travelling all over the show to different places. We've got a ground there that's a good ground, a good standard. Right off the motorway, you've got to make it work for yourselves now. You could be in a lot worse position. Look at Swinton playing in Sale. You know, we we've, we've got to make that work for ourselves now and stop moaning about you know getting to the ground and all that. I mean, I live in Moston North Manchester, it's bloody miles away from Salford, but I can make it down there. You, you, you do, don't you? You get there and get to the ground. So I think you know all that. Them excuses need to be put to bed now. And I think, especially with the new road links as well, I think that that'll help next season. And uh, I actually saw a comment from somebody on Facebook the other day saying, "Why don't they put?" Buses on from, um, well, it actually said Salford Town Hall. Is it not Swinton Town Hall? I don't know. I don't want to get into that argument, but you know what yeah. I mean. They put buses on, didn't they, for, for the Million Pound Game. So maybe that's a, an, an idea, you know, to get people there.
0: Yeah, it, I suppose it's all about, you know, engaging with people. And they, they would actually talk uh, of us, and Lee and Sale, kind of like being able to sort of purchase each other's tickets for a discount price. Dan, uh, you know, it's good that obviously, you know, they're, they're trying to attract. Uh, you know,
2: possible new fans into the club. Yeah, it is, isn't it? So, you know, you can only benefit, you know, all the three teams. I'm not sure how it worked, to be fair, because if it was sort of, you know, you're purchasing tickets sort of home games, well, when they're probably at home, Southwood will be away. So it's like, well, what do you do? Do you go and watch your team play away or do you go and watch another team play at home? So I don't know how that's going to work, really. Um, You know, but if it brings, you know, fan base in for us, you know, even for Lee or, or Sale, I think Sale's one that we need to target. Because, you know, the Sale fans will what have come and watch Salford when they're at home and say they're away. And, you know, vice versa, that might happen. So, I think that'll be a, a more of an option to, to work with Sale on that. You know, because they're getting quite decent crowds, you know, at the AJ Bell. um, And, you know, by all accounts, they're going to be doing quite well. You know, they've got a good set-up, you know, at the club. So, you know, if we can work with them, and if it can benefit us as well as the other two, then, you know, why not? We've got to try something, haven't we? Yeah, we're
0: getting quite a big crowds, like you said. And, you know, I suppose it's, it's one of them where... You know, if sales are away from home there, fans might think, well, I'll go down and watch uh, a watch game, Paul. And, you know, I suppose your hardcore, uh, you know, won't, you know, won't want to do that. But there might be people who just love the sport and want to watch a game. Uh, I know I saw on Twitter there was a, a poll saying, would you take the offer up? Um, about 50% said they wouldn't, but 35% said they, said they would. Uh, so, you know, it's there is, you know, a, a taste of it, you know, to do that, really, I so. suppose.
1: Yeah, and don't forget with Sale as well. I mean, their season overlaps ours, doesn't it? But their is mainly a winter sport, I suppose, really. Seasonal, in their season, like the old rugby league season used to be before Super League started. Yeah. Similar to that, sort of starts in September and finishes in May. So, so yeah, they're gonna a lot of their supporters have got June, July, August there where, where they probably won't be doing anything. So, got a few free months, no nice summer, summer um, afternoons coming to Salford and... Uh, and yeah, I think there's there's a bit of potential there. I'm not so sure about me going watching Sale. I mean, I drive me, Mrs. Daff, going watching Salford every week. So <laughs> if I start to go watching Sale as well, that could be divorce. So I better just behave and stay at Salford. <laughs> Have more. you never
2: watched a game of tennis before, Paul?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I suppose like you say, you know, there there is fans out there who want to do that, and you know, it gives them the opportunity. And you know, I suppose there'll be teams, you know, fans from other teams who want to do that as well. Uh, They're talking uh, also about working in the community as well. Uh, you know, marketing. You know, in, in the area, uh, Paul. You know, it's good that obviously, you know, they've got ideas, they've got big ideas about sort of November, December, January time where they're going to be out and about. Uh, and it's, I think, it's really important that that the club actually, you know, big, 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 big decisions in that time, and, and obviously try and get the people in.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because um, sometimes I don't. I think you forget how big the city of Salford is. It. It's a big area, isn't it? You know, that covers. it. I've been sort of working down that neck of the woods today, and you know, driving about from one end to the other and, you know, around the Swinton area. and It's a big area, isn't it, to, to, to market. And, um, you know, there's potential there, isn't there? You know, if you go across to where our old ground was, there's people there, isn't there? And I think to get into the schools as well, I know we, we've done a lot before with the foundation and that, but, you know, next season, especially before um, sort of the Christmas time, you know, let's, let's get some players into the schools and let's really market, it. get these fixture lists up, get a fixture list out in sort of, I think it's a walkabout in town where um, I walked past there yesterday in Manchester and they've got a, a shirt behind the bar, haven't they? A Salford shirt behind the bar. I think you was in there last season, weren't you, Rob? Yeah. Let's get a, fi- let's, let's get a fixture list in there and let people, let, let people know who we are. I think that's the main thing for me. Let people know who we are, let no, people know where we play, what time we play and, and what's happening. Because I think sometimes we're a bit of a bit of a secret, aren't we? So, and, a, and a very well-kept secret. So let's just tell everybody who we are and what we're about.
0: I think if we're going out, though, in the community parlour and, you know, trying to entice new fans in, uh, I think really important, Dan, that the club, you know, take you know get the data off, off, off the, you know, potential new fans. If you're going to, obviously, entice them in, you need to make sure you've got, you know, contact details so you can continue to be in touch with them. Uh, I know there was a bit of a the thing about fans not getting letters about, you know, renewing tickets and stuff like that, but there is, there is talk of the club getting a new kind of database. And, you know, things like that, I think, will make a massive difference you know, in the coming season, if they're able to tap into you know potential new fans.
2: Yeah, you know, as long as we can you know attract more people, you know, someone put on on Twitter and Facebook the other day, you know, if everybody could bring two people with them, you know, we'd we'd triple you know our crowd size. It's not as easy as that, is it? You know, people say that all the time, and it never happens. But any sort of way of you know promoting the club, whether it's getting a shop in the Laura, as you mentioned as well, you know, try and push tickets out that way, or you know. 'Cause when we used to have one at um, on Salford Precinct, you know, it it worked quite well. You know, I, you know, myself was there nearly every other day helping out at the club shop, um, on Salford Precinct, you know, and it it went down quite well. You know, a lot of people would go in and get match tickets or shirts and things like that. And, you know, it's something that, you know, I think we're the only club that doesn't have something like that. You know, all the other teams do. So it's you know, it's something that needs looking at, you know, get a database in. You know, and you can only do that by getting out there and, and getting that information from from the supporters.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's feet on the ground, Paula, You know, getting out there, like Dan said, and, and you know, collecting it. Yeah, that we have a social media marketing, uh, you know, uh, strategy going on. Uh, but for me, it's all about you know getting out there uh, with with posters and, and and leaflets, like you said, uh, and letting the people sort of know that we're there. And I'm really hoping that you know, in that you know, Christmas time, we're going to see a lot of that. Uh, and you know we see that it gives everyone a boost on it.
1: Yeah, of course it does. I think to be honest with you, I think the social media side of the club is is very good. I mean, we've also got the, the lads who do the Salford Red Devils Rising page, which is which is brilliant. Some of the stuff they put on there and they really market it, don't they? they did lots of posters for the midlakes. I think I don't think you can question that the, the social media side. I think it's brilliant, but not everybody's on social media. I, you know, I know people who are not on. Social media, not on. I'm not on Twitter myself. I'm a bit of a dinosaur like that. But so not everybody's on that. So you've got to target people in different ways. I mean, I think you know posters and getting into schools, getting into uh, places like that. You know, places of work and that. The Lowry as well is it, a very good idea. That I know. I know we come up with that last year, didn't we? When we was talking about it. I mean. I don't. The, the Lowry's not like in the centre of Manchester or the, the heart of Salford, is it? But you still get a lot of people going there. I've been a couple of times, went a few weeks ago with my wife and me, she wanted to go there for summer and we went in there and I was surprised at the amount of people that were in there. You know, I thought oh, hardly anybody goes in there. But I think what you'll find is a lot of people go in there maybe on a Saturday when United are playing, you know, football supporters which might mooch him for a bite to eat or something. And if they see your shops in there, it's interesting, is it? You know, if you go, Salford, Bread Devils, where do they play? People start asking questions and you, your name gets spread about, doesn't it? And, you know, I've said it to you loads of times. People say to me at work, oh, who's that you follow, Salford football? You know, it's not only Salford rugby. And it's like telling them sometimes who we are and just, just getting that name across, I think, isn't it? And, you know, once people are aware of it and they know who you are, you, you've got a good chance then of, of spreading the gospel of your club.
0: Yeah, and we was talk, uh, Dan, as well, about a sign. A I'm going to have to shoot, Gent. Sorry about that.
1: I'm going to have to shoot now. I'm going to have
2: to go. Okay,
0: then.
2: (laughs) All right. Sorry, mate. Okay, then. All right. right. Cheers.
0: See you you then, Dan. Bye. See you, mate. See you, mate. It's like Alex Simmons all over again, Paul.
1: Oh, it
0: was horrible. <laughs> so is alright? I don't happened? know. I don't know.
1: <laughs> so someone's burgling my house. I'm gonna go. go,
0: go. <laughs> maybe someone answered the door when he was knocking up. We're knocking on. Uh, Halloween mm-hmm. uh, trick or treating. Maybe he actually to, uh, to
1: give it to a. An emergency situation. <laughs> Can so you anyway, cut that?
0: With that with Dan's premature um, sort of departure, um, let's talk about the fixtures. Um, you know, Sol players sat there um, yeah. earlier on in the season. Uh, the reason that is because you kind of play Thursday and and I know yeah, it's you, said, I think is
1: it rest. My dad was saying to me, is it like to get you the rest time and recovery time or whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah. Is I it, never really
1: thought of it like that. Yeah, but yeah I suppose a lot so. of people
0: were were, were a bit thinking, weren't they, about you know, watch playing on mm-hmm. a Sunday, watch playing on a Friday, and the first couple yeah. of games on a Saturday kind of threw a few people. But I suppose you've got to look at the the bigger <clears> picture. And like you said, it's about you know conditioning the players in it, even in that early on in the season.
1: Yeah, of course it is. of Course it is. I, I was when I saw the, the fixture list. Um, the other day, and it said well, we were playing, it was Sunday wasn't it? they released them, I and it said we were playing Wigan on the Saturday. The first thing I did was look at my shifts at work, I thought, oh God, working that Saturday, so I'm on to it straight away, trying to swap it, and I've sorted it now. But I thought it was a strange, strange day, and then I thought maybe it's because, you know, something's happening with sales charts. perhaps on that day, that I don't know whether they're playing that day, but I think that's um, it's a good, uh, you know, Saturday afternoon, three o'clock. I'm not so sure United are playing that day, but. It doesn't bother me if they're playing, but it will bother other supporters and that. But Saturday's a good day, I think, for, for Rugby. But um, we've had some good crowds, haven't we, on Saturday and took some good away followings and that. So, uh, you know, I, I think the club should really market that now and, and really push for, to get a really big crowd in that opening game. Because, I mean, you could have got, we did get last season, it was Hull away, won it first game. And, uh, you know, you've got a home game against the Champions. You know, that's a massive game, that. And to get a good crowd there and a good performance, I think you could really kickstart the season.
0: Yeah, and obviously, like you say, hopefully they'll market it for the for the families as well because it's important, like you said, you, especially with the new uh, sort of junior Red Devil screen coming up. That, yeah. You know, it becomes a, a family event that everyone goes uh, to the game. Uh, I'm really hoping that I like say that they're able to, to, to pack that out, uh, pack the stadium out against uh, against Wigan, uh, which will be good. Hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll see after a massive marketing campaign, uh, you know, the, the the you know the success of a big crowd.
1: Yeah, and don't forget they're doing um, a lot for the junior junior reds, aren't they? Junior devils, whatever they're going to call it. Now I I got some leaflets through with my season ticket, um, so I filled them in for me for my two girls. I don't know whether they're going to bother, but being Salford supporters but you never know I'll try, <laughs> try and encourage them so, uh, so yeah I know people have been sending them in so that's good because it's got all your details on who you are and your birthdays and all that so hopefully they'll be doing some some good stuff for, for children and that so there's a lot of positive stuff going at the moment Rob so it, I think it's an exciting time really Now, and just going back to the fixtures there we're playing the champions at home first game so you know it doesn't get any better than that does it so I'm, a, I'm really looking forward to
0: it Yeah also now I'm starting talking about uh, getting a sign uh, that covers that faces the motorway, Paul. I know you know a lot of fans wanted that, and know Sale have got one there now, saying home of Sale sharks. But I'm, I'm kind of glad the club have cottoned onto that, and you know they say in January, you know things will be different now on that end of the stadium, and it's good. It's good, the that they're able to do that.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because you you think of how many people go over that that motorway every day, it's thousands, isn't it? Uh, I don't know maybe a million people or so. I'm not too sure but there's a lot of people go over that motorway in a weekend and if they know who's playing at that stadium um, that, that can only help us can't it, I suppose
0: yeah and then another other news we're going to get a new website up and running as well uh, in November uh, Paul you know I mean I suppose you need different ways of communicating through your social media but not like you said not everyone is on uh, Facebook and Twitter you need the outside the good website. And hopefully, you know, there will be another one. Well, I, I think this one's, a, you know, website we've got now is good. It was fair to do one...
1: this website. What, this website new this time last sort of December last season. I remember going to the the day, the launch day uh, when they give the players the shirts and everything and oh. Marwan said then we're getting a new website and I think it came out a couple of weeks later you know sort of middle of December so it's fairly new anyway isn't it but I think one thing that would be good to get on the website is being able to buy tickets over the website I think that would be good if you could do that you know buy your tickets online rather than because it is a bit of a, a palaver isn't it at the moment to, to get your tickets sometimes you get put through to Ticketmaster and, and mucked about so if you could just go on there and buy a ticket simple as that I think that would be a, be a good thing it would be a positive thing anyway
3: yeah,
0: so we we'll look forward to that. Uh, you know, looking at the new website. Uh, and next one, uh, open day, eleventh um, of December. 11th, I think it's eleventh of December. Um, date to be confirmed. Uh, good that obviously the last couple of open days have been pretty good. Andy Paul and you know it's good. They've
1: been the good, yeah. They've been
0: really good, yeah. Kind of run with it.
1: Yeah I enjoyed the one last year yeah because you got to to give all the players the the shirts and introduce them all to the supporters and it was a really good day it was really packed out you know the it was in the VIP lounge and it was packed out up there and you know there were some uh, some stirring speeches from certain supporters and that and it really got you really got your um, capture your imagination you know sort of a month or two before the start of the season I think it's really good that and um, I'm glad they're doing it again and hopefully I'll, I'll be able to get down to it again cuz I enjoyed it last last year Yeah
0: I'm, I'm sure the club are going to confirm that um obviously you know, in the next few weeks, I suppose well, give everyone opportunity to to plan for it. I think you probably ought to get down and get your tickets, seed tickets, at the same time. And you know, I think it's good. Obviously, you want to entice people into the the club. You know, it's an opportunity for potential new fans to come down and have a look, and get introduced to the players and feel part of it in a way.
1: Yeah, I think that's a big thing, Rob, yeah, feeling part of it. You know, get the kids down there, give them the fixture list and things like that. And, uh, yeah, it gets you revved up for the season. That's how we were when we were kids, weren't it? You know, junior reds and stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah, I'll be looking forward to that. And uh, I did see it, see somebody put it on the Facebook the other day, saying it was December the 11th, something like that. So, keep, me, keep our um, ears out for that, can't we? And uh, give everybody the details on here.
0: Yeah, and then obviously at that point, Marlon started talking about, you know, how he thinks the club's progressed in the last kind of 12 months. Um, kind of stated that we've uh, won more games than we did last season, um against the top four clubs, we've been more competitive. For. Um how would you view, in, you know, on the field? That, do you think we've <coughs> improved in the last twelve months?
1: Um, yeah, I think he has, mate. Yeah, I think he's been a bit, bit. Of, it was a bit of an up and down season, really, wasn't it? I mean, if you take the the Wigan performances, we've, we've we've lost a lot of games by a single score, didn't we? You know, the whole game at home, the Wigan game at home, the Wigan game away from home. The St. Helens game away from home, we could have won. There was a lot of games last season we should have should have won and should have done better in Warrington home game, and then yet yeah, we let ourselves down at Wakefield. Um, we let ourselves down in the cup at Castleford. So there was it was a bit of a hit and miss season really. I don't think the points deduction helped. So if we can you know go into a season next year without without that hanging over us, um, I think that'll bear us in in, in good stead. But uh, just going out to science and things, I, I didn't think we were that far off. I just thought, you know, sometimes we were we were just lacking in certain positions, weren't we? If we can strengthen those positions, um, I think we have got the the core of a, of a of a decent side.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's all about evolving, isn't it, Paul? Really, you know, you've got to look yeah. at what we've got and you know where we're where we're going. Um, this team, you know, if you, like you say, you took the the point deduction away, uh, we're we're in the top eight, and you know, if if we're going to improve on that, uh, we get a few more players in. Uh, you know, we know that we could end up in the top six. And not have to worry about you know the getting in the, the you know the eighth spot uh, if we are good enough and you know looking at that squad Paul you know what so far you know I'm thinking you know that we could be a, a top six team if we get the look of the the ball uh, the bounce of the ball possibly in a couple of you know situations but some some yeah. of the, polls, the fans are still buzzing after the the million pound uh, game and you know it all Definitely, kind of builds yeah. up doesn't it you know all the off season as long as the club get get it right regarding the marketing. And the communication and, and, and getting the data off the new potential fans, you know, the sky's the limit, the end of the
1: day. Of course it is. Yeah, I think I think a big word for me, Rob, in just going back to last season, I think it's consistency. I think you've got to go for that next season. I mean, if you, you just take the middle eights, for example, without being too negative. Um, London Broncos at home, who was very poor. You know, I'm not taking anything away from London, but it was very poor that day. Hulking's Rovers at home, it was very poor in the in the middle eights. But yeah, Huddersfield, we lamped them at home, didn't we? And then Obviously, the million pound game, we went there and, and did that. I mean, for large parts of that million pound game, we we, we sort of struggled, really, didn't we? we was we was behind for most of the game, <clears throat> and then came up with sort of the miracle last five minutes. So I think we've got to be a bit more consistent next season, especially at home, win our home games. And you said to me the other day, didn't you, about how many points you think it'd take to get to top eight? I think if you win half of your games, I think for me, um, you so twenty two points maybe should should get you in that top eight, and if you win the majority of your home games. I, I don't think you'll have you'll have much trouble doing it, and I think I think it's definitely achievable. It would have been last season. I think we're going to have a better squad this season, hopefully, than what we had last season. So, um, so yeah, I'm quite confident. But just be let's just be consistent and have no off the field dramas, no points deductions, and things like that. And I think we can we can do well.
0: Yeah, he also uh, kind of talked about bringing in a couple of new uh, directors. Well, rugby lead directors, he said. Uh, you know, onto his onto his sort of management sort of panel, we'll call it. Um, what do you think of that? You know, obviously, you know, Easton is him. Obviously, he wants a bit of assistance, and uh, but he wants people with a rugby league background. We obviously have no idea who he was talking about and he and he wouldn't give any clues away. Uh, but he said he'd let us know in kind of November time. But do you think that's a good sign? Obviously, he's bringing, you know, people around him, you know, they can trust and have a bit of knowledge about rugby league.
1: Definitely, yeah. I mean, if you've got people there who can advise you, it depends. I suppose it depends who... What people it means, but yeah, if you've got people there with rugby league knowledge and rugby league background, and yeah, I think I think it's good, and it's just like we said before about Adrian Marley. I mean, um, that that annoyed me last week, you know, seeing stuff like that on 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 the internet, and you know, saying he's been sat by a tech. Why did why would people put something like that on when they don't know? I think that's I think that's probably the the only sort of. One of the drawbacks with social media, isn't it? People can tend to put all sorts of rumours on, can't they? But just going back to Marley, I hope Marley's still there in the season because, like Dan was saying, he's a, he's a figurehead and he's he's a he's a guy that you know people can look up to, can't they? And, and that that's it's good to have somebody like them, like a stable figure, like him, involved with the club. So, but yeah, if Marwan can get people around him, like rugby league people around him, that, that that's good for us, isn't it? I mean, if you go back a few years when Marwin first came in, we had a few people. It was it Ed what's was his name now? Ed, um, Farish. Cham- Ch- Ed Farish, sorry, and um, Chambers won it. We had yeah. a few other people there, and um, so yeah, I don't really know what happened to them. They just sort of left, and nothing we ever heard of him again, was it? But um, yeah, I think rugby league people round him just to give him that advice because you know Marwan will probably be the first to admit he's not a rugby league expert, is he? Yet, so uh, so yeah, I think that's positive. That
0: yeah, I got chance to speak to to Marwan and Russ and McFarlane, uh, and this is what they had to say. <laughs> Are you happy with that? how that went, Marlon?
3: Yeah, yeah I am happy. Um, nothing was thrown at me. I answered. The, I gave the, an opportunity to to the fans know um, to ask any questions they, they wanted, and uh, I, I didn't select any questions. And I think I finished by. With everybody who wanted to ask a question, did ask the question.
0: Yeah, you talk about um, you know the marketing going to give it to come. Um, you know, thousands of tickets sold already. That's a good start, and hopefully, there's more to come
3: in the new year. Yeah, I'm absolutely confident that this year will end up or this coming season. We'll have more season tickets sold than any other season that uh, since I've been here. But um, we're going to have a big marketing campaign to market our first couple of games uh, against uh, Wigan and Warrington. And I'm absolutely confident that we'll be getting between eight and 10,000. Yeah,
0: so your new approach of uh, you know working with the RFL and all the sort of local clubs around, is that a new leaf? Is that something we're going to expect in the next, uh, uh, next year?
3: Mate, I'll work with everybody who will help me to grow our club and growing the club and talking about bringing in more fans to watch us play
0: so productive meeting
4: yeah I thought it went really well positive response from from the fans Um, it's good to to be able to Marwan get out there and explain some of his plans for the future for the coming season so there's been a lot of hard work gone into plans for this year season ticket prices sales obviously you would have seen a few of the new promotions especially the value ticket that's it's going down really well for families uh, and concessions, getting them back, um, supporting us. So we've, we've seen about thirty percent of the people buy season tickets on new season ticket holders that didn't have season tickets last season. So,
0: how, how important is it? You think we should obviously feet on the ground, getting people out in the area, uh, picking you know new fans up. Is it something the club are going to looking into uh, in the next few months?
4: Yeah, as Marlon was saying, there uh, our initial emphasis is building on the momentum from the million pound game, getting everyone renewed getting them to bring along friends Um, and then we've got several plans uh, in place to go out to other communities especially targeting the the places local to here and ways of interacting with the old support base that may have lapsed because it's a bit further away so we're talking to the council about improving transport links here and, and that sort of thing, trying to find ways of getting people here and making it easy for them to come here
0: yeah and that million pound game has galvanised both it seems the club and, and the fans uh, if you're obviously a fan listening into this what's your message for the fans who are listening
4: Well, my message is last season what an exciting season it was okay that was a bit of bad news but on the field we had some really exciting games great value this year everything makes sense the price of the ticket makes sense we've catered for families we've catered for people on a lower budget but we've still got the great seats if you want to come and sit in the best seat in the house and, and pay a little bit more that's fine so so everything's there for, for a great day of entertainment we've moved it to Sunday so we can concentrate on pre-match entertainment things for the family things for the kids so we're just trying to make everything better this season so yeah great stuff thanks for, thanks for talking to us great thanks guys.
0: So both quite a positive, part about about the meeting and you know the records. Well, record season ticket sales a thousand so far, uh, and they both. You know, both men are really you know confident about you know what's to come uh, for Salford.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's it's very pleasing to hear that. I mean, we are we all on the same thing, won't we? We just wanted to be positive and just to push forward and make some progress. And uh, I think we can do next season. I'm, I'm confident we can make some progress. And. Start climbing up that table because we don't want to end up in that. As as exciting as it was, you know that million pound game, we'll probably never experience anything like that. again. We it was a fantastic day, and I mean I've watched it about fifty times though. It still sends shivers down your spine now. You know, watching our videos and that from the day, but we don't really want to end up in that again, do we?
3: No. not
1: unless we win by a drop goal, anyway. No, we, we don't want to get.
0: A, a hooked <laughs> we we want to be in that top
1: rush. eight, don't we? And safe. Yeah, we don't want to get hooked on the adrenaline rush of having to
0: save nope. our super league status every every <laughs> season in the last minute and a half. I think, only, I think one, <laughs> one, in, one in a lifetimes, uh, you know, enough, Paul. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, I know I was quite, you know, happy with the meet. I thought, you know, that you <clears> know, both Marwan in, and Russ, uh, you know, said good things. And I'm really hoping that, you know, they, they're able to, you know, deliver and, and, and obviously move the club forward. And, you know, I, I for one, you know, have total confidence in them both.
1: Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I, I have, mate. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know a lot about that Russ, uh, Matt Fallon guy. I've seen him there before. Uh- I don't I've never spoke to him but um we've spoken to Marwan before, haven't we? We know we know how we how he plays the game and and yeah, let's just hope. I just want it to be safer off the field next season. I don't want all that. circus. I know I keep alluding to it, but I think that's a big thing for me. I think it's a big thing that affects the players sometimes as well. I think if we just run a tight ship and let our rugby league do the talking, you know, we have got we've got good players in that side, haven't we? You can read them off, can't you, Matt? Flanning Gareth O'Brien Niger levels. Dobson, Louie, There's some really good players there. I mean, there's probably players like Copjack, George Griffin, players I've not mentioned. And you know, we've got the makings of a of a solid team. So um, let's let's go out there and, and do it on the pitch and and I'm confident we can do we can do a good job.
0: Yeah, I think for me, it's all about making the match day. You know, ours. You know, obviously, fans. <coughs> you want it to be. You know, an event. Uh, even down to the, you know the marketing. You know, posters up. Uh, you know, potentially advertising. Uh, you know foundation events and you know potential away trips things like that you know you, you get the whole atmosphere you know with things around the stadium like that um, and I'll say I'll put lots of posters up and I think it's up to the club to kind of do something similar to feel like yeah. you know it, it's an occasion for me
1: yeah definitely I mean look at the way we marketed and got behind the million pound game it was you know the amount of people we took there the excitement going there it was like you know Cup final day, wasn't it really? It was a strange. I remember speaking to you outside the ground at Craven Park and it was it was exciting, wasn't it, at the start of the yeah. before the million pound game. I'd never really experienced that for a for a long time. But if you go back to the, the league game in June when I went there, there's probably about sort of hundred and fifty people there, two hundred people there from Salford, if that really. So I mean we've got to get that across, haven't we? And just market those games, you know, get travel on and things like that. It's all little little things like that that that, that make the make the club don't they and like you say make the home games as well especially an event and um, you know it, it, there's a lot of work to be done but I think there's a lot of positive what have come out of this meeting and uh, you know we, we, I think we're moving in the right direction
0: Yeah I agree with that Paul I think the club's moving in the right direction and uh, <coughs> hopefully in the next few months we'll, we'll see you know lots of uh, good things happening so that was the that was a review of the of the meeting thanks for, for Marwan and Rush for speak, speaking to us uh, on the devil in the detail and now what we'll do we'll have a look what our amateur club did uh, in Paul's amateur
1: review. Well, welcome to this week's amateur report for Devil in the Detail. I've got uh, the news of the Northwest Men's Finals. Date was on um, on Saturday the 22nd of October. These were all played at the Witnesses Select Security Stadium. We had three local sides involved: Folly Lane. Langworth Reds and Rochdale Cobras, all three of them unfortunately went down to defeats. Earl St. James beat Folly Lane by 32 points to 14. The lane recovered from 12-0 down to Claudeway, back to 18 points to 14, thanks to tries from Lewis Lockett, Tom Warburton and Martin Jameson. With Warburton improving one of those tries with a conversion, but it wasn't enough and Folly Lane went down to a defeat. But They've had a tremendous season and done really well to get through to the, the final there, so we wish them all the best for next season and congratulate them on their efforts for this season as well. Uh, Eccleston Lions beat Rochdale Cobras in the Division 4 top 4 final by 34 points to 12. And Oral St James A, they beat Langwith the Reds by 28 points to 8. The Reds posted tries in the second period from Chris Winston and Steve Stevenson, but it wasn't enough, they went down by 28 points to 8. But Again, Langwith the Reds have had a great season, Really achieved really well this season. We wish them all the best for next season and give them our congratulations for their efforts this season as well. We're well, moving on to student rugby league. There wasn't much action this week, but we'll give you the results we've got. There's just two from Wednesday, the nineteenth of October. Newcastle beat Manchester Met by seventy-four points to nil. That was in the Premier North Division in the Northern One A. Salford beat Sheffield Hallam by forty-two points to ten. In college rugby league, these were played last Wednesday. Also in the Premier Division, Hopwood Hall beat Loughborough by forty-eight points to twenty. And in the North West League one, Cowley Six Farm's match against Salford City was postponed. With the fixtures for this week, we've got no college games due to the half term holidays, but there's a couple of university matches to be played on Wednesday the twenty sixth of October, and that's in the Premier North between Leeds Beckett University and Manchester Met, and in the Northern one A, it's Northumbria A versus Salford. Well, some news from the Barlet Under-17s Tri-Series County Championship that's involving Lancashire, Yorkshire and Cumbria. Lancashire are currently top of the table with two victories. They had a good result this weekend at Wigan St. Patrick's Ground on Sunday. They beat Yorkshire by 28 points to 22. So a good result there for uh, Lancashire and it's always uh, nice to get one over on our Yorkshire rivals. So a great result there for them. Bit of news from Manchester Rangers, they took on the Parachute Regiment as part of an entertainment event at the Manchester Arena. This was on Saturday and it was organised in aid of the ABF Soldiers Charity which gives support to soldiers, veterans and their families when they are most at need and um, for the rest of their lives. The day also included a soccer match between the 2nd Duke of Lancaster Regiment and the ancoats Shamrock FC, while former WBA World Lightweight champion box Anthony Crawler and the WBO champion Terry Turbo Flanagan were also there and Mike Harding were there also presenting uh, awards throughout the day Happy Mondays and 2005 X Factor contestant Rowetta and the backhanders were among the acts offering live music and Manchester Rangers development manager Matt Ballantyne said this was a fantastic event and we jumped at the opportunity to be involved in supporting such a great cause and also a special mention to Cinnamon Dinner, their band that are always playing at Salford before the games they were also there providing entertainment and I've seen a few of the videos I couldn't get down there due to work commitments on Saturday but I have seen the videos on, on Facebook and check them out because uh, they're doing a really good job and they do play quite a lot at Salford in the in the tent before the game so if you uh, can check them out next season check them out because they're doing a really good job. Well, finally this week we'll look at the National Conference Leagues, so we followed it quite closely this season with our uh, with our local sides and their Rochdale, Mayfield and the Oldham teams and also uh, you know um, Eccles and Salford as well and uh, Salford City Roosters as they're now called. But uh, but this week it was uh, West Hull. Who were playing Lee Minor Rangers? I know they're not local, but we'll give you the result anyway. Lee has won at Westall by twenty-two points to twenty. So they've gone through now to the grand final. These games were played on Sunday, the thirtieth of October, and they're both at Witnesses Select Security Stadium. So it's the grand final for the Premier Division, which is Lee Minor Rangers versus Sidall. That's a three pm kickoff. You now Lee Minor Rangers and Sidall have provided players for Salford over the over the past few years as well, so coming through coming through their grassroots level. So We'll be keeping a keen eye on that one. And Division 1, it's a promotion playoff final between Featherstone Lions and Skirlaw. That's at 12.30pm. So I'll give you the results of that next week. I'll probably only be speaking to you next week now because we are coming towards the end of the the amateur season. But uh, I'll keep you posted next week and I'll speak to you soon.
0: Cheers for that, Paul. Uh, So now what we'll do, because obviously we've got the Four Nations coming up uh, we'll have a little look at the uh, the teams and you know what we think will happen in the next few weeks. It's, it's time, time for the devil of the double double details. Big match, match preview. preview. So four nations start this weekend: England, Scotland, Australia, New Zealand. Paul, you know it's going to be a cracking t- competition.
1: Yeah, it certainly is, mate. Yeah, I think I think it could be closer than what a lot of people are saying. I mean, I've had a look at Scotland's squad and they've you know, got some good players in that squad, You know, some good players with Super League experience as well. But, you know, you look at Australia and they look quite formidable when they beat New Zealand in the, uh, in the test a few weeks ago. I think it was 26-6, I think it was, that game. So, uh, Australia are the team to beat, definitely.
0: Yeah, Scotland managed by ex-Salford coach Steve McCormack. You know, looking at that squad, Paul, who's jumping out with you for, for the Brave arts?
1: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of experience in there. Ryan is in there. You've got Danny Bruff as well, who we all know about. Don't mean he's a very good leader, but I think that could be a, quite a handy uh, partnership there, Bruff and, uh, and Briley. Danny Addy's in there as well. He, he's quite a quite a good player for Bradford Bulls last season. Just going through uh, through some of the forwards. Frankie Mariano. The, the Scottish, Frankie Mac Mariano I suppose, uh, the old Scottish name there, who's was at Castleford, he's a decent a decent forward, so Liam Hood as well, who we all know about at Salford, so there's quite a lot of experience in that side and Adam Walker, another lad at Hulker, I think he's signed for St Helens for next season so they, they've got strength all over the place, so um, I don't think there'll be any pushovers. I
0: well, suppose it's important that, that you know all England, Australia and New Zealand don't underestimate Scotland because like you said, they've got you know some good players in that in that squad, and it's important that you know when they do play them they're, you know professional and, and get the job done.
1: Yeah, definitely, because those players in that squad are going to be raising their game, aren't they? They're going to want to knock knock England off as well, especially because they'll probably be targeting England as, as the game they can win. Um, but but yeah, definitely, I wouldn't be taking them uh, taking them lightly at all. They've got some very very experienced players, you know, some good young players as well. Lewis Tierney's is in there, you know, the Wigan Warriors. Uh, Warriors back, so uh, so I'm quite impressed with that squad. You know, looking at it today, and uh, yeah, I, w- I definitely would not be taking any of, any of those those players lightly.
0: Yeah, the England squad, uh, you know, is also full of you know good talent. And um, I think you know the people like Daryl Clark round the round the hooking area, Josh Hudson, you know, they're they're going to be the players I think that you know that they're going to be making making the difference. Stefan Ratchford, X Red as well, getting his opportunity in the England squad. You know, it's good to see. You know, we've got you know talent there to to, to take on the very best in the world.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think the forwards, Rob, I think we can match them in the forwards. I think we've got a formidable pack there, you know, lots of James Graham, Josh Hodgson there, that front row. I mean, who do you put in that front row with him? You've got Chris Hill, you've got Mike Cooper, Sam Burgess, George Burgess, Tom Burgess. We've got a really good, solid pack of forwards. For me, it's half-back, really, you know. Where we've got to be looking at, I mean, we've got Luke Gale in there. I mean, these these guys are not really tested against the Australians, so you know we're not going to find out until we, we play against them, I suppose. But that that'll be the worrying the worrying part for me. And and just out wide as well, I think we lack a bit of punch in the centres out wide. But uh, hopefully, you know, Wayne Bennett's picked picked the right players that, to do the job. We I, mean, I trust Bennett. He's he's a good coach. He's a good tactician as well. So hopefully he's he's got the the uh, the right players in the squad. But I think forwards wise, I think we've uh, we're we're a match for anybody.
0: Yeah, obviously, you know, talk about Wayne Bennett playing against his, uh, his home um, country. Uh, you know, you know, we, the Australians are, are, are a force in rugby league. They, they are probably the best in the world. And, you know, you've got some good players in that squad and, you know, England's got to be uh, careful, aren't they?
1: Oh, they've got stars all over that squad, Rob, aren't they? Stars all over, match winners all over. And they're a, they're a joy to watch, aren't they, sometimes, Australia? I mean, well, all the time, really. Every time I've watched them, they, they are a joy to watch. They do the basics right. But they've got players who can who can come up with miracle plays as well. I mean, you know, you guys like Cameron Smith, what, what a captain he's been, and you know, Darius Boyd, Cooper Cronk, the half-backs there, and you know, Jonathan Thurston. It's just quality in it all over the place. So um, Greg Inglis, another one. It's going to be great to 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 see them play, and he's a thrill just to, to to watch them sometimes Australia. So uh, we're gonna to have to be on our game though. Definitely, and you, one thing you've got to do when you play Australia, especially, is you've got to be on your game for 80 minutes haven't something because over the years, you know, watching. Great Britain and England playing Australia, how many times have they pipped us sort of in the last five minutes? You know, when we've been living with them and they just had that extra edge, have not they? Or that extra, that extra bit in, left in the tank. So, uh, so you've definitely got to play for 80 minutes against Australia, I think, and I think New Zealand as well.
0: Yeah, I think it's all about intense level for me, Paul. You know, you've got to, you know, match them, like you said. Um, for me, I'd be using it more of a, you know, like trying to slow the game down to our level because uh, they are that good, the Australians and, and the New Zealanders. That, you know, if you actually try and play, you know, rugby, they they will kind of destroy you. So for me, it's all about kind of spoiling it and just, you know, trying to grind a result out. But I suppose that you don't really watch that. You want you want the exciting to the league, but you know, if you want to win, um, you can win at all costs in a way, don't you?
1: Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, when we played New Zealand last season, I mean, uh, we did well in the in the first test match against them, didn't we? And I think I think New Zealand, we've got the the measure of. I think we can beat New Zealand definitely. I didn't see anything to to be frightened of from the New Zealand-Australia game the other week. Like you say, with Australia, they've got match winners everywhere. But, you know, we've got a chance against them. We're the, we're the home, home team as well, aren't we? So, we're, you know, we've come close against them before. So, you know, we, like I said so with Bennett before, his tactics and that, he knows that those Australian players as well. So, I'm hoping we, we can match him and, uh, and maybe maybe perhaps turn them over.
0: Yeah, I'm sure New Zealand will be looking at, you know, putting in a strong competition as well. Um, who, who sticks out in, in that team for you, the New Zealanders?
1: Well, oh, they, they, they again—they're they're blessed with some uh, quality individual I don't think they're quite as as the, the ultimate team as what the Australians are, but you know, you look through their side—you know, like, guys like Isaac Luke, very good player. Sean Kenny Dowell, Sean Johnson—you know how good was he when he came over here last time. And the forwards as well got quite a formidable pack of forwards. Greg Eastwood, remember him from his time at Leeds. Uh, Tommy Lulai's in there as well. We'll be back at Wigan next season. Simon Mannering as well. Jason Nightingale out wide. So they have got some some quality players, and the thing with New Zealand they've got some big players as well. Aren't they? They're always very physical, um, so you know they'll they'll try and knock you off the off your game, won't they? So you gotta you gotta stand up to to their uh, their sort of brute force sometimes, aren't they, The New Zealanders, but uh, but yeah, and they they blessed with some very good individual players as well. Adam Blair, there's another one. So there's a lot of household names in in both those squads, and um, I think it's a, it's a pleasure to watch them sometimes and just be sort of. Pit yourself against them sort of for those England players anyway. So I think we're gonna have our work cut out but there's no reason why we can't match it with them
0: Yeah, the final is at Anfield on the on the twentieth of November, Paul. Uh, you're gonna put your hat on the put, you're going to put your gonna put your you know your head on the block. Who's gonna be in the in the final?
1: I think England and Australia being in the final. I think we can beat New Zealand and I think we'll beat Scotland. I think we can beat Australia on our day, but I, th- I think we can definitely at least get to that final anyway, and I think that would be a great occasion at Anfield. Uh, I'm open to get to that myself. I'm actually working that day, but if I can get it swapped and that'll work, I'm open to go there because I've never been to Anfield before. I mean, just watching the, the football and the television, it's a good stadium, is it, as well? And, uh, you know, it can create quite an atmosphere, and I think it would be a great day out going to Liverpool. And, um, and yeah, it would be great to play Australia in the final and, and, and beat them.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really open to the <coughs> New final. I think obviously Australia are, are the you know the number one sort of team in the world, but you know if, if we want to kind of like compete and knock them off the, the you know the perch, you know both New Zealand and England need to beat them and, and you know get into that final for me, uh, just to give the international league a bit of a boost. Uh, but we'll see. Hopefully you know you know loads of fans will get down to Liverpool and uh, and support the boys. Hopefully for for England win. So that was the end of another podcast, our Halloween special, Paul. Um, it was a good one, wasn't it? Another one another good podcast.
1: It was, yeah, we didn't think there'd be much going on, would you know it'd be the end of the season, but it's uh, it's just as busy now as it, it would be at the start of the season though. But yeah, I've enjoyed talking about it. I've enjoyed talking about the four nations and I'm really looking forward to that. I and mean, it starts on Friday, doesn't it? And then we've obviously got the big England game on uh, on Saturday as well, so I'm really looking forward to that now.
0: Yeah, so thanks for listening to us in this week's Devil in the Detail. You can find us on Devil in the Detail, S R D on Facebook, at D I T D, S R D on Twitter, and you can find us on SoundCloud itunes and the league cast app so thanks for listening and we'll see you at christmas